0: great Christ of Calvary, reach today, touching people, ministering to their minds, opening their understanding. Let your good and righteous and Holy Spirit prevail here this very morning. In Jesus' great name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. You have a Bible this morning. I'd like to turn your attention to the very first book, the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter twenty five. Good to have you this morning with us. Chapter twenty five of the book of Genesis. I would like to turn your attention to chapters to chapter 25, verses 31 and 32. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? I want to... Minister for a little while this morning on things that can profit you, things that can profit you, things that can catapult you into the profit side of the ledger, being on the right side of the books. All right? Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It is written in your Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16, tells us that all Scripture, not part, but all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and that consequently all Scripture is profitable, is profitable. It's going to be a plus. It's, if everything you did monetarily was a profit or a plus, then you'd be, your bank account would grow. It's as simple as that. Unfortunately, it doesn't usually work out that way. And uh, we have a lot of subtractions that go along in life monetarily. And so... Uh, I told somebody one time they were asking about the work of God and about finances, and I said, Well, I said it's all based on credit and debit, plus and minus, and uh, bankers understand that language because all banking is based on credit and debit. And so uh, I said, It's real simple. I said, The money comes in and the money goes out, and uh, consequently, the Bills get paid, and hopefully, if we don't have a problem with any transformers across the street, the lights stay on, and the air conditioner works, and, and uh, we rock on, okay, in Jesus' name, that's for sure. So, uh, but to know, to be assured that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, for you to have that in your mind, because there are things... That do not profit. There are things that do not work. There are things that the Scripture said very plainly, Mark 8 and 36, said, What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? What what profit would there be in that? I shudder, and I sometimes have to mentally and even physically shut my eyes, shut my mind down when I think of people dying and going out into eternity. That first picosecond after death the excruciating horror, the pain, the agony, the re- instant regret that must come flooding in. Let your mind conjure up, dredge up, put it in focus and sharp relief. Man, that fared sumptuously every day. He was a Palm Beacher. He wore the finest of clothes. Everything was Ralph Lauren or Tommy Hilfiger. And everything from the boutique stores. Everything was top-notch. Everything was custom and tailored. And, you know, ten. $15,000 suits, and so on and so forth. At some point, you enter into that costly array. And uh, he never thought about it, he just enjoyed it every day. Just the norm for him. He was very accustomed to it. He just coasted along in life. Ignoring the invitation. Ignoring the plea and the call. Come to church. Come and worship the Lord with us. Let us show unto you truly the way of salvation. Not like the false ones that go around and put on a show And one writer said, used the term fair show. It wasn't even a good show or a great show. It was just a fair thing. They weren't even very good at what they were doing. uh, But this was the appeal of the real thing. This was what God had intended for this man to have. Because God so loved the world that God said, I'm going to, I'm going to speak the word and I'm going to give you my only begotten son. That is, I'm going to let the word that's God be made flesh and dwell among you. I'm going to do that because I so love this world. Because obviously the very thought of people entering in to that place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. Those that kept not their first estate, those that didn't appreciate, like Esau, their birthright. The angels that were created and handed to them, built in, standard feature, not even an upgrade. (laughs) It comes with it. Your first estate and they wouldn't keep it. They listened to what the Scripture said. There was warning about words and strife about words that were to no profit. The angels listened to it. A third of them did, and they consequently suffered the fate, the eternal fate of Satan, Lucifer. and Jesus, in the days of his flesh, the word made flesh, God made flesh, that I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. How quickly you can fall from grace. How quickly you can lose the favor of God. It's been said that sometimes you don't know what you've got until you lose it. Until, poof, it's not there. guy that was big in the physique the muscle department just came natural to him. You didn't find him in a gym working out. He wasn't doing push-ups and isometrics. I don't read he was a great jogger or anything like that. What it was about him is that his gym was a prayer room, his communication with God, and that consequently God began to move in his life from time to time to the point that God used him to vanquish his enemies. Victory was in his life and in his camp. Until the day came that he he lost the thing that was the secret of his success. He fell into the lap of the world. I don't even know if fell is the right word. He put his, himself, like premeditatedly put himself in the lap of the world. You know, the Bible teaches if you befriend the world you're the enemy of God. And uh, it was a very sad thing. Very sad thing. Because the world will wrap you up. The world will entice you. The spirit of the world will pull at you and take the good out of you and leave you empty, void, full of darkness. The only thing that helped the chaotic earth was God's spirit in that condition. And God said, let there be light. Oh, and there was light, friend. And God began to put order. And God stood back and said, It is good. You know what God does is good. Ah, what He does is good, friend. You it can it can look bad because of your flesh. It can be uncomfortable because of your flesh. It can make you feel even unhappy and loss of direction. GPS is down. because of your flesh, because of your human spirit that wants its own way. That's what happened to Esau. Esau been out doing all those things that he wanted to do. Kept involving himself in fleshly enterprises. Kept indulging in the wrong things. Kept his mind kept feeding like a, a catfish, excuse me, but there are bottom feeders. He was down there. You know, uh, I hate to tell you again, but I'll just make it more generic. Some fish are called, uh, along with being bottom feeders, they're called the garbage fish because that's what they feed on. And, uh, you know, Old Esau had been involving himself and exposing himself to the wrong things. And it wearied him. All this world will weary you. And it just began to suck the life out of him. And he staggered back home. And he saw his brother. And his brother said, hey, Esau, how you doing today? Esau growled and grumbled and complained. and So, Jacob, knowing the value, he said, I'm uh, cooking dinner here. I got my chef hat on. I got it going on here. He smelled that Woo! That smells good. You know, the aroma of the spiritual environment, it smells good. It's nutritious. It's uplifting. It makes you want to obey what the scripture said, taste and see. Don't just smell it. You can go beyond that sense. You can taste and see. That the Lord, he is good. And Esau said, give me some of that. And, he, and Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Quid pro quo. I'm going to give you, you're going to give me. And that's where you've heard the, ter- the, the terminology famous last words. Well, these are famous, no, these are infamous last words. Infamous last words. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Infamous last words. He was, he could see no value in what his father gave him. And his father gave him. He could see no profit to it. You know the world will like Samson. Go back to him for a minute. Old Samson. All got his lap, his head in the lap of the world. Getting all wrapped up. Playing little games. I'm telling you we're not living in a time to play games. Your children need more than games. Do you have any idea that upwards of forty going towards eighty million people are constantly viewing pornography? Flesh. And how much of that number is children? Being exposed, oh friend, you better know that your children—they need more than games. I had a man sat right here in the front. Every time I talked to him about the church reaching into this community, and he knew everybody. In here all his life, and his parents before him. His brother was in the county, and they were both pretty well known. He had a good job, and his job took him to a lot of different houses and a lot of different people. And uh, I would talk to him, and every time I'd talk to him about the gospel, and maybe we could go downtown. This was years before we did reach. And uh and not but not years before we knocked every door and invited everybody out to church. And um, but every time I talked to them about maybe we could find our way a little deeper into the community, especially so many of these needy youth. And I'd say maybe we could get a building there rent it a little bit down, right down in the heart of things, and and, uh, just make it a little easier for them to come and put on a special thing. And he'd say, yeah, and we can play basketball. And, you know, I would remark and I'd say, basketball never saved anybody. You know, Paul said bodily exercise profited little. Not not against little exercise. I was talking to a. I got a call actually from uh, a father. Um, I think he called me Wednesday, and um, I had preached in uh, at our church in at uh, Fort Myers where I'm. Senior pastor slash pastor slash roadrunner. And uh, I preached at our church there, and I, you know, there's just sometimes you kind of feel like, you know, "Eh, that one didn't go over too good or don't feel like I got through or whatever. And, uh, you know, but you you learn by experience through the years. Sometimes when you feel like you did your worst, you did your best. In other words, you, you accomplished more than you realized. And uh, that'll comfort a preacher for a while, but it doesn't stop you from fighting those spirits that come against you and uh, those moments of doubt. And uh, But a woman of influence told me uh, after service, she said, that was good. She said, I mean, that was really good. You know, and I'm like, well, thank you, Lord, for that uplifting encouragement <laughs> right there. Followed by the next day, I get a call from a father. And he tells me, senior pastor, he said, I, I want to tell you. He said, anything you need to tell me, he said, I want you to tell me. He said, because I'm struggling right now. He said, I'm struggling because, he said, I've been bowling in a league And he said, and my daughter has gotten involved in a, a team, bowling team connected with her schooling. And he said, I I know this is wrong. And he said, and on top of that, he said, then it graduated. Now she's involved with a ping-pong team in school. And on top of that, they had a championship. And she won. Beat all the boys. Where will it go next? Where will it lead to next? He told me, he said, I'm I'm, I'm getting out of it. He said, I'm stopping. And he said, I'm pulling her out. And I said, well, you're a wise man, and I'm glad that you, God has been able to get through to you and realize that there's so much more, so many much more important things for you and your family to be doing than that. A little, a little fun with the church, a little provision that we do through youth and things. That's why we do it if there's a right way to do it, we've taught that for years, and we'll do it. You know? But if there's no right way to do something, then we abstain according to the Word of God. We abstain from it. But we, we strive hard. We, we try to get very inventive. And we have people who donate their time and their energy their vehicle, their tire tread, their, their finances to help do things for the youth. I told, uh, I saw somebody last night, and I looked at them, and I said, well, I see your head grew back on after I bit it off. And they, and they smiled, and they said, yeah. And I said, I said, you know, you need to communicate quicker. I said, when some of our young people aren't showing up or haven't showed up, and you haven't communicated that to me, I said, I get upset. And I said, and I mentioned one young lady, and I said, I'm very sensitive when that young lady's not here because we've worked hard. Not only to save her, but to keep her saved. I said she hadn't been here in three weeks. You told me tonight. I said, when were you going to tell me? When were you going to let me know? After she's pregnant and backslid? I said you call her right now and you tell her to call me right now. And that young lady called and she beat it to it, beat, beat a path to this door and got where she belonged. I'm talking to you about things that will profit you. And the profit side of the ledger is going to add up to eternity with Jesus. What's it going to profit you? If you indulge in everything, if you lay your head in the lap of the world. A percentage of your life here, and a percentage of your life there, and a percentage of your life over there. And pretty soon, there's not anything left. You you've parceled it all out. You, you, and and each of those things want to get a hold of you and grow more and more. And with every door you go through, it leads to three more doors. And those doors lead to more doors. And each one of them is leading you further and further and further away. Until Christ becomes of none effect. Even one place said, if you do a certain thing, Christ profits you nothing. Think about that. Think about, stretch out. On that cross. The goalposts of eternity. Hanging between heaven and earth. Nails in his hands. Spear in his side. crown of thorns in his head. Whipped to a bloody pulp. Till he didn't even look like a human being. And all that he did. So that you might profit. Samson putting his head in the lap of the world, all of his strength seeping out of him. He'd become a cracked cistern. He couldn't hold anything. He couldn't retain anything. Couldn't sustain anything spiritual in his life until one day the enemy came. Oh, you know the enemy's going to come. Surely you have that much sense left. You know the enemy, you know he's looking for an open, an opening. He wants to land the death punch, the death blow. He wants that. And friend, he absolutely showed up. And the cry came, Samson, the Philistines be upon thee old Samson went to get up and it wasn't there. He wasn't there. Oh man. He couldn't feel it. He had no strength. They took him. That which he normally would have shaken off without giving it a second thought. They bound him. And they led him away. Oh, oh, yes. And they put out his eyes. They blinded him. The God of this world blinds people. That's what he does. Because he don't want you to see. And that's what he did to Esau. Because Esau was so blind he said what prophet shall this birthright? This indicates particularity. Very particular. This birthright. Not just any birthright. This birthright. Not Rockefeller's birthright. Not the Forbes 500 500 Add it all together. Birthright. Not Mr. Trump's birthright. and Mr. Gates' birthright. No. This was the Lord's birthright to you. Look what I'm giving you. But he was blinded. He was blinded. He couldn't see. He could not see what God had given to him, and neither could Samson anymore. They put his eyes out, they cut off his consecration, and what represented his consecration. And he found himself weak, and like others, the supernatural was gone, departed. He didn't have the power to be a man among men any longer. You know, God's merciful, though, isn't it? I'm so glad to read the rest of the, to tell you like one commentator said, the rest of the story. I'm glad to tell you that when they put Samson grinding at the mill and he was going around in circles, that's no way to live. Just going from one bad thing to another, going around in circles, mundane life, boring, bruised and beaten. They made fun and sport of him. Samson prayed yet again. One day his anguish overcame his pride. And he prayed and he said, God, help me now. They came when they took Samson. And they took him to their stadium. They needed a Pre game show. 30 seconds. Cost you a million. And we'll put Samson on for you. And they sent their little pipsqueaks out there with pointed sticks, if you please, to jab at him, and to abuse him, and to make sport of him and fun of him. And Samson. They didn't know it, but his hair began to grow, which just represents consecration, a vow, a return to godly thinking, spiritual thinking. Samson began to use what he had. It was there, a knowledge, and a, uh, Smoldering desire at the wind of God blew on and began to flame up. And old Samson began to feel a jump in his biceps, a little twitching. He said, Okay. He said, God, avenge me of mine adversaries. Justice once, God. It was a child, a lad. You know, your children. You can raise them right. You can be the right example. And Who knows? But what they may be the very instrument that will help you in a time of struggle and need. It is written, a child shall lead them. And the lad was there and he sought guidance from the lad. And he's got an arm around a pillar, got his other arm around a pillar. And the Bible said he bowed himself or he bowed himself in prayer, and strength surged through him. And he was given more victory in his death than all the victories in his life. Moral of the story is that he went out in victory, friend. But but wait a minute. Esau? Esau? Oh, man. It's written of Esau that God hated him. God hated his spirit. God hated his nature. God hated his attitude. Oh, friend. Day came. Light bulb went on. Ding, 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 ding. And it wasn't a comedy-type punchline that came through. It was... Look what Jacob's got. Look how Jacob is blessed. Look at my brother and brothers. Look at this. And he said, look at me. And he began to call on God and asking God and asking his father, don't you have something for me? And the Bible said there was nothing. Though he sought it carefully with tears, there was nothing. Friend, when he turned his back on God. God turned his back on Esau. I'm talking to you about prophet, though. I'm talking to you about first of all you're living in the greatest of times. Do you hear me? You're living in the greatest of times. You're living in the New Testament times. You're living in grace. You're living that grace that that's what saves you by grace you're saved. Through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God's trying to give you a gift. And guess what the gift of God is? The Holy Ghost. You've heard that song uh, where the guy quotes and he's from Australia. Love his accent. And he quotes 1 Corinthians 13 where the King James Version uses the word charity. A more revised version, will use the word love. Feld's version uses Holy Ghost. Because the love of God is shed abroad brought in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which he hath given unto us, the gift of God. So if I can do all kinds of things, I give my body to be burned. Yeah. If I would be a martyr, don't you like the Australian accent? <laughs> yeah. He said, if I don't have the Holy Ghost, he even said, if I have all faith, that I could speak to this mountain, tell it to jump, and it jumps! Kind of like, man, this really works. Oh, yes, it does. It really works. And if you'll work, God will confirm that it works because he'll work with you. Recently, I was told of a man, young man, but he didn't look so young because he was dirty and disheveled, hadn't bathed in a long, long time. They found him. On outreach, sleeping under a park bench. And they witnessed to him. And they took him in and they, you know, what did the book of James say? Say, you know, you see a, a situation and a need, and you. I actually had somebody that criticized me. For helping people. And they said there was something fraudulent about what I did. Come again? <laughs> Help young men to get on their feet? Help young ladies to get on their feet? Wow. What kind of twisted mind and heart is that, huh? And as James said, you see that situation. And there are guidelines here, don't get me wrong. He didn't win souls as wise. And, uh, but it said, you see that, somebody hungry, somebody cold, and you just say, be full and be, be warm, and you walk away. Said, what does it profit that person? And what, the, what the, the writer was really being inspired to teach on was faith without works is dead. That you can, you can talk about, talk about, talk about. But if you don't ever put any works with your faith, he said, what profit is there then? He said, I will show you my faith by my works. I'll show you, prophet. I'll show you how this is going to work. I'll show you it coming up on the prophet's side of the ledger. I'll show that to you. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. Come here, men. Come right up here. I want you to look at these two fine young men. Come here. Don't be embarrassed. Come stand right next to me here. I'm going to sit down because I'm a little older than you. You stand up. Look at this guy. Yeah, the lawnmower runs over him every once in a while. You know, how old are you now? Ten. 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 Who's going to be 11 first? Ten. Okay, pal. Well, you know, you know, these guys have been in our academy, and they're growing up, and they're learning the scriptures, along with their reading, writing, and arithmetic. And things of that nature. I want these guys to be preachers. I want them to be soul winners. I want them to know what the work of God is all about. I want them to profit in every way. Amen. I mean that. I want that, and I'm I'm praying for them. Amen. I'm praying for them. I want them to marry the prettiest girls. You know what makes them pretty, don't you? A Holy Ghost makes them pretty. A Holy Ghost. Forget that. Okay. Makes for a good life. And then you'll have children. And then your children can go to the academy. Okay? Won't that be good? All right. They can help you mow the lawn too. All right. You can be seated. God bless you. Give God a big hand. Amen. Oh, yes. Start young. Don't wait till the 16. don't wait till the 18th. That concrete starts setting up. Translation, they get hard-headed or hard-hearted. Get them while they're young. Get them while the concrete is soft. You can make good impressions. You want them to go to church? Make sure you go to church. You want them to live for God? Make sure you're living for God. You want them to be respectful? Make sure that the words coming out of your mouth are respectful. Respectful. Uh, be thou an example, the Bible said, of believers. Be an example. Like to see these young men worship, make sure you've given them an example of worship. You know, make sure that that that's being communicated to them by example. You can't just say, you need to do this and you need to do that and and you're not doing it. That don't work the whole a whole town is filled with people like that, you know they're they're telling you you know they got guys and women up there too telling you that you shouldn't commit adultery and they've got five and six of them lined up. oh yes, they do, and I realize that that's a little humorous, but it's absolutely the truth oh yeah yeah they got they got churches where. You know, they tap your wife on the shoulder. You're mine. I think if I was a husband, I'd say, pal, let's get it straight. She's mine. I'd I go someplace with seen Sister Felden, and they'll they'll say to me uh, something, I don't know, whatever the bill is or something, and and, and they'll look at me, and I'll say, yeah, I'm going to pay it. I said, I've been paying it for 45 years. No sense quitting now. <laughs> You know, I'm claiming it, friend. I'm claiming that young lady, and uh, and I want them to know it. I remember when we had our 25th wedding anniversary and celebrated it at church down at the we had church down at the Dolly Hand, and we had a we had a a dinner in the lobby there, and I, we redid our vows. And I remember I was asked, "Do you take this woman to be your lawful wife?" And I said, "I do." <laughs> and I shouted that one out. We didn't want to leave any doubt whatsoever. And when number 50 rolls around, well, I plan to shout it again. God lo- the good Lord willing, you know. The good Lord willing. Somebody told me the other day, that they said, 45 years, they said, that's fantastic. Well, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Living for God is fantastic. Being in the church is fantastic. And old Esau couldn't see that. The big dope. This old stupid head, you know, he couldn't see it. Blind, blind to the church, blind to the glory of God, blind to the riches. You want to be rich? Be rich in faith. Be rich in faith. That'll profit you. I'm telling you, the Forbes 500, when it comes their time friend, their money isn't going to help them one bit. Money is a medium of exchange. You just should be using it for the glory of God, the furtherance of God. You can get all worried about this, that, and the other. God said, what you worried about? I got this. That's what God's telling you. He said, I know that you need a roof over your head. I know you need clothes on your back. And there's a lot of people I know could use some clothes. They seem like they're going everywhere with as little bit of that on as they can. And it's getting less and less and less and less. Hmm? Oh, yeah. God said, I know you have need of that. I'll take care of that. I remember a woman standing up here in church and testifying how that she and her husband, he she stayed at home. And that's a good thing if you have children and you can do it. And God blesses you to do it. And it, it takes sacrifice. But God bless those who do that. I'm not cussing those that can't do it at all. I'm not saying that. But uh, she stood up and testified, and she said, when we came to the church, she said, we really didn't have any money. And uh, she said, you know, we've got, uh, I think, five children. That's a lot of children in this day and age. You know, back in 1978, around then, I remember reading... A statistic that said to, from conception to four through four years of college, it would cost you $100,000 per child. Right now, that figure is sounding very affordable because it's way more than that in 2014. Okay? So I'm saying to you, this woman stood up and she said, she said, you know, my husband works. I have my home. We've got five kids. And she said, I was checking things out the other day. She said, you know, we get, he gets his paycheck. First thing we do is give our tithing right off the top, tithing offerings. And she said, then we go to pay bills. She said, all the bills are paid? She said, we've got food in the refrigerator in the pantry and on the table. She said, I've got more clothes in my closet than I've ever had. And she said, and when we do the the figuring, I don't know how. (laughs) She said, it doesn't add up. She said, we shouldn't have as much as we have, but we do. I'm telling you, it's a great birthright. I'm telling you, it's a great life living for the Lord. I'm telling you that you want to You want to pay attention to how profitable it is to live for God. I'd like to turn your attention to the book of Proverbs. I'm pretty sure I'm going to wind down. Sister Williams is coming, if she would be so kind. And if you won't be kind, do it anyway, just because I say so. Thank you very much. Proverbs chapter 11. But I don't have to worry about Sister Williams. She's very obedient. Brother William's doing a good job of training her. I'll pay you later, brother. I mean, you'll pay me later. Proverbs 11 and 4, Richest profit not, everybody said not, Not. in the day of wrath. You ever read your Bible about the heavens are going to roll together like a scroll, and every mountain and island is going to be moved out of its place, and the stars are going to fall. There's not one star up there, but what it's bigger than planet Earth, And they're going to fall like you would shake a fruit tree in an untimely season. They're going to fall. And men, big, strong, strapping, gym rat men, steroid-crazed men and women, are going to run and hide. And they're going to say, hide me. And they're going to pray. Oh, they're going to pray. But they're going to pray for death. Because the day of the Lord's wrath has come. People are going to take their wallets out and offer credit card payment. God doesn't deal in that medium of exchange. Bible said and teaches they're going to throw Their money in the streets. Riches are not going to profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivereth from death. Righteousness. Seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right way of doing things. And he said, all these other things will be added to you. God will put clothes in your closet, and he'll put the right kind of clothes. Because God will put the right kind of heart and the right kind of teaching, and you'll know how to make the right kind of choices. Okay, And, and um, many other such things that God will trust you with. And if God can trust you with a little, then he'll trust you with a lot. You've got to prove, you've got to go through your proving ground. I'm going to turn now, and if you care to, to Isaiah chapter 44. I'm going to wind down. I'm getting a little eye from the lobby And the clock is right there looking towards the lobby, so you know how it is. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity. That means they're worthless. They're a zero. And their delectable things shall not profit. And they are their own witnesses. They see not nor know that they may be ashamed. Oh, God. Same book, chapter 48, verse 17. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teacheth thee to profit. God said, I want to teach you how to be successful. From the youngest to the oldest. God saying, I want to teach you to be successful. I just remembered something. Like to claim the Holy Ghost on that one. They found this guy under the bench. They took this guy and they cleaned him up and they fed him. They started teaching him Bible study. He repented. They baptized him in Jesus' name. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. He began to witness to people and they began to train him. God called him to preach. And along the way, they discovered. In talking to this man, that he was a former college football star, and they found him sleeping under a bench, homeless and broke, lice and malnutrition and all kinds of garbage. Now, today, right now, he's pastoring a church, pulling other young people off of the streets Helping them to be saved and get direction. Helping them to get out of the lost side of the ledger and get over to the prophet side of the ledger. Oh, yes. Isn't that exciting? Oh, my friend. So I am the Lord thy God which teacheth thee to profit. Don't fight the teachings of the church. Don't resist, and don't let the devil make you think you're so all-fired smart. You know? He said, which leadeth thee by the way that thou shouldest go. 57 and 12 of the same book. I will declare thy righteousness and thy works For they shall not profit thee. God was telling them, you've been doing it your way. And God's saying, I'm telling you, it's your own self-righteousness. It's your own trying to be all that, show everybody, you know, that you're smarter and you know more old Esau-like attitude. What profit is it to go to church? What good is, is my birthright, the way my parent raised me? What good is that? Those people down there, they don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. God said, okay. Okay then. He said, we're, we're going to see. He said, I'm going to show thy works. I'm going to let it all hang out. I'm going to hang your clothes on the line. Everybody's going to see all them holes you got in there. Look like Swiss cheese. Let everybody see what you got going on. Will hang your life right up. Mm-hmm. He said, They shall not profit thee. Not going to happen. And God, I'm telling you, when God says something's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. And when God says something is going to happen, it's going to happen. And I have seen that many a time. I'm, I serve a God that does the impossible. Yes, He does. Jeremiah is the very next book, chapter 2. Verses 8 and 11, the priests said not, where is the Lord? And they that handled the law knew me not. The pastors also transgressed against me, and the prophets prophesied by Baal, and walked after things that do not profit. What are you chasing? What are you walking after? What are you listening to? What are you pursuing? And you heap to yourselves, how did it say it in one place? The prophets prophesy lies and he said, and my people love to have it so. You know, there's the only alternative when you don't love the truth, when you don't love righteousness, when you don't want what's right, the only alternative is the opposite of those things. That's the alternative. Because they believe not the truth, because they loved not the truth. God said there's a strong delusion coming and God said it's coming from me. That you'll believe a lie and be damned. That's in your Bible. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Read it for yourself. Verse 11. Hath a nation changed their gods which are yet no gods? Doesn't that sound like when Paul said about folks, how foolish they were to be moved from the gospel unto another, which he said is not another. No, brother. The nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. What do you want? God's trying to crown you with glory. God is trying to, to make you a shining example, and show you to a lost and dying world. What in the world do you want to go like the sow back to the wallowing in the mire, or the dog to its vomit? What do you want to do that for? To that which doth not profit. My goodness. Chapter 7, same book. Verse 8. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. People sometimes are very quick to believe lies, very quick to believe things that are just not true. And yet they're they're just so unbelieving when it comes to the truth. And, And for them, of course, it's unprofitable. Start believing the truth, start obeying the truth, start getting the profit thing going for yourself. 16 and 19, I received a call recently, and it came up, and I'm leery of, of those kind of words coming up on my screen, you know, no caller ID. And, uh, But I do have one person that calls me, and it always comes up that way. And uh, so I went ahead and used my x-ray vision and realized it was him. No, I'm kidding. I um I just took the leap of faith and I took the call and it was him. And, and he began to, to ask me, he said, there's something, that, words that have been coming to me. And he said, I, I need to know if it's, if it's scripture, if it's Bible. And he said, that's why I've called you. And he said, I, I, I hate not to call you with good news. He said, but I need to know this. He said, it's just pounding away at me. And he said, the word pride and the word fall. He said, is there anything in the scripture with those two words? And I said, oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes, there certainly is. It's uh, telling you that after pride, you can look for a fall. (laughs) Get exalted. Start looking for the basement because you're headed there. Oh, okay. Okay. And then he began to open up and begin to tell me. And I began to tell him then. And begin to plead with him what steps to take. And you know, it always comes down to put God first. Put God first. Come to church. Let, let God put your situation, your life in God's hands. And God will get you out from under the park bench. God will pull you out of the fire and the horrible pit. Oh yeah, God will save you from the fall. Don't be a novice. Don't be a beginner. Don't be somebody that's just refusing to hear and learn. Lest you be lifted up with pride and then fall into the condemnation of the devil. Don't, don't go that way. There's, that's an unprofitable thing for you. Very unprofitable. 23 and 32. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their lightness. You better look out who you're listening to and what you're listening to. Send me a portion of your towels. And I'll send you a blessed hopping frog. Wheresoever he doth hoppeth, he doth bless. And people believe that stuff. I don't know who is worse, Hitler or the people that listen and believed him. Right. Better be very selective about what you're listening to. Yet I sent them not, God said, nor commanded them. Therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. I'm going to tell you again, you better be thankful for this church here you better be thankful for this pulpit here you better be thankful for the word of God that comes across this pulpit you say well you're proud see what you oh no no I'm not proud I know what I'm telling you I know what I'm talking about and I know what's out there I know the junk I know the garbage I and just the tip of the iceberg I know and that's disgusting enough I could tell you stuff right now, you would crawl under the pew with humiliation that goes on in the name of apostolic. Oh, yeah. But I spare you, as Paul said, I spare you. Malachi 3.14 in the wind down here. I'm hurrying. Malachi 3, 4, last book of the Old Testament. God said, your words have been stout against me, yet ye say, what have we spoken so much against thee? Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. That's what's with the birthright does me no good. What's with going to church does me no good. I ain't going to youth service tonight. They're not doing nothing good enough for me. I'm going to stay home. Maybe maybe if you didn't have that television or all those videos, you wouldn't stay home. Maybe if you didn't have all them nasty games and war games and violence going on, you wouldn't be so inclined to stay home. Maybe if you didn't have those dirty magazines under your mattress, you wouldn't be so inclined to stay home. Of course, you don't need to do that anymore. You can just get online. Join the other 40 to 80 million. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Friend, you're talking about getting mixed up in your head about things and the devil will mix it up for you. Then they, let's stand together. Then they, I want you to be the they in this verse. This is Malachi. We're up to verse 16 now, chapter 3. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. Now, they wasn't talking about the football teams. They wasn't talking about the baseball teams. They wasn't talking about the basketball teams. They wasn't talking about the soap operas. How say that in Spanish? Novellas? Yeah. Did I say that loud enough? Did I do what the Bible said? Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Cry aloud and spare not. Show my people. I'm going to show you. If you're going to go to hell, you're going to go with your eyes wide open. And your ears are going to be pounding with my voice. And I'm not going to be saying, I told you so. I'm going to be saying, I warned you so. I warned you so. And they that feared the Lord spake often, not once in a while, but often one to another. This was their conversation. This is what we talked about. I was at a restaurant the other day, my wife and I, and we had somebody with us. And um, when the food came, I took my wife's hand and we bowed our heads and we began to pray. And later on in the day, my wife said, did you feel anything when we had prayer at at the table? And I was like, really not sure what you mean. She said, that other person with us, Holy Ghost person, said they were very uncomfortable about praying in public over their food. If only I'd have known, I'd have prayed louder. (laughs) I was concentrating on praying, so I, I missed what she caught. That's why I bring her along. She catches what I miss, takes care of my errors, what slips between, you know, past my glove or whatever. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearken God heard it. God heard it. You know, God just doesn't hear it when you do it wrong, God hears it when you're doing it right. Better to do it a little more right than wrong. Then you're on the prophet's side of the ledger. Your prophets are growing. The Lord hearkened. Oh, yeah. And heard it. And a book of remembrance was written. Boy, I like that. God said. I remember telling a person in this church. I said, you, you get you a, a pad. You get you a journal. And you make a, you make a notation. You make an entry. You get every last living thing down. And you have that. And you know, it gave them the victory in their situation. And I'm telling you, God said, I'm going to make a book. I'm going to make a book. And I'm going to put it next to, my, to the bottle where we put the tears. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it next to the Bible where the prayers go. God hearkened. God said, I'm gonna write a book of remembrance. It was written before him for them, for them, they, them, that feared the Lord, and that thought upon his name. You know his name. You don't, you're not involved with generics here. And all the titles, they're great for those of you that can see. They're wonderful. But the name above every name is Jesus Christ. And you know that name. You know that name. And you're going to sit there among the sinners and keep your mouth shut. And you're going to laugh at their dirty jokes. And you're going to hoo-ha with all of their stuff that they're involved with. You know. And their crazy carnality. You were reading it in the paper about the guy that that uh, congressman standing and ran and got elected and stands supposedly stands for Christian values and how that they got him on surveillance for adultery as a wife and. Five children. Got them on surveillance. Putting it out there. Oh yeah. Oh yes, 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 I forgot. He was so holy. He he brought the duck dynasty to the White House. I guess Pete, they wanted to know how to call the ducks. They're all ducking now all ducking now and of course he's asking for forgiveness oh, yeah. how many times how many cycles when you're gonna wake up there is a real and you better get it there's a real and you better embrace it there's a real and you better love it it's just as real as those two little fellas I had standing here and the need to wake up. You better wake up. I'll tell you, men, you want to play ball? Let me know. And we'll all get together and we'll play some ball. Okay? You want to go fishing? We'll get everybody and get the men together and we'll take you fishing. Alright? You girls want to go shopping? Oh, they're smiling now. We'll call out the shoppers. Mr. Williams. Stephanie, if I get seen since it's failed, you'd be going to Goodwill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll go shopping. And then we might even get to go to Cheesecake. You will never tell. Yeah. If I got anything to say about it, we will. And hey, guess what God said after this? And they shall be mine saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, you want jewels? You get God's jewels. You get God's jewels. Okay? God's going to have them, friend. God's going to have a crown, friend. Now, I want to be in that crown. I don't need any adornment. I don't need any uh, things hanging all over me. I want to be an adornment. I want to be in his what the bible called diadem or crown I want to be I want to be that Listen to what he said because I'm finishing now this is it He said They'll be mine in that day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them I'll spare them You got multitudes upon multitudes that will be going down into the sides of the pit and God saying, I'm going to spare you. I'm going to spare you. I'm going to save you. As a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Didn't just say he'd spare his son. He said he'd spare his son that serveth him. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. Then shall you return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to quit. Just going to quit because it's getting late. I'm getting long-winded in my old age. But I'm young, so I guess I can keep growing in that. Everybody, I love you. I'd like you to take a moment, if you would, while she sings and plays and we move on here. I believe we've got... Uh, some baptism this morning but we want to have a good altar service before we do that so let's take this moment lift our hearts with our hands shall we and pray just call on God that's all you got to do just tell him you love them and you need them doesn't take fancy words doesn't take big long phrases just takes you probably putting your pride under your feet Tom, Tom, make sure everything's ready, man. Yeah, come on now.